Figure facts for life. We just want you to be healthy. Health and happiness. If you pay attention to what goes in your body, you'll be amazed at the results. Fuel, nourish, and heal your body. Eating healthy. Well, well that's everything. Put the right fuel in. Take care of your engine. Here's Roberta Janeiro. Here's Gennaro. Roberta Janeiro. Roberta Janeiro. Welcome to Figure Facts for Life. I'm your host, Roberta Gennaro. I'm a registered dietitian, nutritionist with over 30 years clinical nutrition experience. I am committed to share my expertise and the expertise of my colleagues and friends that are in this business of nutrition and health to help you learn how to use food to nourish, heal, and fuel your body for good health and for your life. I am so excited for this show today. It's something that really is near and dear to my heart. We're in May, and it is National Asthma and Food Allergy Awareness Month. I think it's really important to understand that this is something that really impacts so many people. And I just wanted to give you some statistics. Did you know that every three minutes, a food allergy reaction sends someone to the emergency room. And then each year in the U.S., 200,000 people require emergency medical care for allergic reactions to food. And then we talk about our children, and there's childhood hospitalizations for food allergies tripled between the late 1990s and the mid-2000s. More than 40% of our children with food allergies have experienced a severe allergic reaction such as anaphylaxis. And medical procedures to treat anaphylaxis resulting from food allergy increased by 380% between 2007 and 2016. So this is definitely life-threatening condition if you have a food allergy and It's so important to know that this information is coming from uh, a very good source, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. They um, are reporting that just even between the years 2000, I mean, excuse me, 1997 and 2011, that there was a 50% increase in food allergy in children. So I reached out to a, a good friend of mine, a good colleague, dietitian who is in private practice, Lara Field. She's a pediatric registered dietitian who's had extensive clinical experience working with patients with food allergies. She started her clinical practice at University of Chicago and also practiced as a dietitian at the Lurie Children's Hospital. So she's got a lot of experience. She also founded her private practice called Feed. That's F-E-E-D, Nutrition Consulting, in 2008. And she works in private practice helping infants, children, and families with various eating concerns, including food allergy, intoler- food allergies, intolerances, and other digestive diseases. So I want to um, just give a warm welcome to Lara. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. So, you know, you hear these statistics, and I don't know if you personally have ever been touched by anaphylaxis. No, not personally, uh, okay, unfortunately. So or fortunately. I'm going to just share a little story because yeah. I personally have. Yeah. Now, before I realized that I had the gluten intolerance, mm-hmm. I seemed to be just sensitive to everything. Mm-hmm. And one day I ate globe grapes. And I had had them before, but this time they were imported globe grapes that I had gotten at Treasure Island right. in, in the city here in Chicago. And I all of a sudden felt the palms of my hands itching and the bottom of my feet and before I knew what was happening Mm -hmm. I like you know that there's a movie with um oh gosh one of those comedians anyway there's a movie out there about anaphylaxis Uh and 
and my lips Typical. swelled and, yep. and everything. And I was living in a high rise at the time. I was all by myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't married yet. So I took the elevator down. I, you know, went to the doorman. I said, call, uh, yeah. you know, call this doctor I know in right. the building. And he came down and he said, oh, my gosh, you right. are full blown anaphylaxis. Right. Call an ambulance. Right. So they call an ambulance. And by the time the ambulance got there, the reactions started coming down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But they gave me this is this is kind of funny too. Mm-hmm. They actually drove me to the Walgreens on the corner and gave me Benadryl. Benadryl. Right, right. <laughs> and they said we're going to watch you, and they right. tested my blood pressure in the ambulance. And they said, okay, the reaction's coming down, but if you feel anything happening, right. you know, just give us a call back. So that was my first yeah. experience, and let me tell you, it was scary because. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I felt like my heart beating through my back. Right. I was having trouble a little bit with breathing, yep. and my face just swelled. Right. So can you imagine being yeah. a mom well, and having a child? Right. I mean, Roberta, you're mentioning exactly what I work with so many parents yes. that face that on a daily basis, and especially yeah. new parents that, you know, we're learning to feed this child and yes. like n- so scared in general yeah. of like what spoon we use, right. but rather <laughs> like also, you know, just think about introducing new foods and how daunting that is. So there are yeah. so many parents that are facing that on a, on a daily basis right. of just and knowing how to be prepared is so crucially important. Absolutely. So let's just, you know, for our listeners um, listening in today, let's just talk to them about, I think sometimes, especially when I go to a restaurant, there's confusion Mm -hmm. between what's a food allergy and a food sensitivity. Sure, sure. So food allergies specifically, Roberta, it's more important to understand there's various types. Okay. So when you think about a food allergy, and in my experience working with, with patients with them, there's an IgE-mediated allergy. Okay. So an I, IgE is an antibody that's in our blood, and okay. it's um, positive in those. That, that's what you think of, like you explained, that, that histamine-like response right. to an offending protein. So, okay. you, so an IgE-mediated allergy is something that you can test in your blood. You... If you had an exposure, you would have that reaction, okay. um, which could be, you know, eye uh, swelling yes. or throat closing or hives or, or GI manifestations also. Okay. Um, so that's like what we think of as a, a typical allergic response. But then there's something called non-IgE mediated allergies, which is, I think, really important. And that's the population that I see so often mm-hmm. that... There's a baby that is exposed to new proteins, maybe milk or eggs or soy, and um, the baby has a reaction, but it's not an anaphylactic reaction. It might be diarrhea. It might be, you know, skin manifestations, but not like hives, like in histamine reactions. And so these non-IgE reactions are very complicated and hard for parents to decipher. Most often it's kind of hard because there's not any true tangible results. Like they may go to an allergist and get a RAST test, and RAST is a an acronym for the method of testing for those with true food allergies. Okay. And um, they might be RAST negative, meaning that there would not be anything shown in their blood, but they do have a reaction every time they eat the food. So it's really important for parents to know how to manage and how to recognize. So if, ch- if your child is reacting to a certain food, 
and you go to an allergist and have, you know, negative results, you still, it's still important to avoid that food so your child doesn't have those daily reactions. Exactly. So, you know, we're in May, we're talking about Food Allergy Awareness Month and, and just kind of getting the word out so that people are more aware of the difference between food allergy and yeah. food sensitivity. But also, what are some of the symptoms to look for in your child right. or complaints that they may have right. that you might just tend to brush off sure. because they say things in a different language right. sometimes than an adult. So a few things, I guess, when we're thinking about sensitivities, I guess, yes. you know, when we're, it's sensitivity and intolerances, sometimes it's a, a kind of mixed together, yes, you know, bag, t- sure. uh, term. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this this intolerances are kind of what I described about this non-IgE mediated a- allergy yes. and that um, they it might be, um, you know, look, I guess looking for GI manifestations so it might be diarrhea. It might be um, just loose stools, honestly, or or vomiting or projectile vomiting. Also, after they consume a food, and wow. in, especially in babies, yes. you know, we see they may have mother's milk and they may vomit right away. And the fact that if mom is eating that one of those offending proteins and she's nursing, then she's you know exposing the protein. the protein to their baby. Yeah. And so many times I see um, patients that are. Um, um, needing the mom needs to be on a specific diet to help the baby, and so it's not transferred through breast milk. Okay. And so, making sure that we're monitoring our babies for elimination patterns, okay. um, we're not mixing if it's reflux or you know just happy spit a happy spit up baby, right. <laughs> um, or if it's truly vomiting. Okay. But also um, looking for rashes or skin manifestations. You know, sometimes it's, it could be very benign. Baby skin, especially as we're growing, can have you know just different. It's just so growing, sensitive. right? Yeah. yeah, and just it might be a laundry detergent. It might be a, a uh, fabric that they're wearing. So not jumping to conclusions. However, monitoring our babies to see how they're doing. If a skin rash is truly irritating and that it bothers the baby right. or if it's something that you know maybe go comes in and out, that's important too. Um, but I think also what your experience, what your personal experience with an allergy I think is so important to note yes. and important to make sure that our listeners are aware also that it's really important for parents to be prepared at all times. And I think that 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 uh, short drive to Walgreens to get, you know, Benadryl is so important. And I always educate patients that way, too, that I think it's really important for all parents, any or actually any caregiver that is watching a child to always have Benadryl at home because so liquid Benadryl, that's what they recommended. Yeah. And and it just immediately gets into your system. It helps. Mm -hmm. It helps take so take away that histamine response in our body that many of our you know, that's that, again, typical allergy. Um, So that's the first line of defense. And then, you know, calling 911. I always say, you know, no matter what. Um, because that breathing, that's that's why it's so important to talk about this. And I'm right. so glad you have me here to talk about it because, you know, it's really important for parents to be prepared, have that, you know, Benadryl on board and know what to do. So I always, I, I think it's important for for people, parents or caregivers to call their pediatrician and ask what their protocol is. Maybe it is something else in addition to Benadryl and calling 911. Right, Right. absolutely. So just uh, to 
have our listeners understand some of the things that children say. Yeah, like, sure. You know, they're I think itchy. itchy yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's oh, there's so many symptoms and so many potential things that could be. And I guess I, you know, so it might be that you can see it very clearly, like as I right. described. It exactly. might be you know so GI obvious. patterns or or skin manifestations. Mm-hmm. But I think the itchy tongue or our itchy lips or um, that's kind of I think those are two those things. Those are the two major. You know, ones. if it's mm-hmm. a non IgE mediated, it, it could just be. It's almost like a stomach flu like symptoms, like. Like not feeling icky, me. yeah, and yeah. and and really understanding if you know elimination patterns, if it's if there's any correlation with the food that you're giving. Okay, um, it's different though. There's we we bring up you know this non-IgE mediated, IgE mediated, and then there's also things like celiac disease yes. that I want to briefly bring up. That yes. you know celiac disease is a gluten intolerance, mm-hmm. but so it's an intolerance that in it that it's not a true allergy. Correct. However, it's something that. You know, we do have to monitor and avoid very exclusively. So there are other things like intolerances that might not be symptom wise seem as severe. However, it's so important to make sure Long that we term, avoid they could be severe. exactly. You know, exactly. celiac undetected can really wreak its havoc totally. in the system. And so celiac disease is something that um, there are people that don't actually have celiac disease but have gluten sensitivity, meaning that it's called non celiac gluten sensitivity, which means that it's, you know, every time that they are exposed to gluten, that they have symptoms. And so it might not be in babies or young children, but maybe in adults as well that, you know, it's something it's really important to do some sort of elimination on ourselves sometimes if we're feeling that food might be part of our symptomatology. Right. I'm sure in your private practice, as well as mine, that I, you know, have people write down what they're eating or what their child is eating or teenager. I, I work with more like teens and, and yeah, adults, yeah, and and then you can identify right. Oh, how you're feeling after that meal? Oh, I'm right. really sluggish, right? Exactly, like, almost like a drug-like yes. sluggishness that comes on yeah. with that, and and so then it's very easy to then decipher. You can pull, yeah, you can decipher, pull the item, and then they, oh my gosh, yeah. I feel so much better. I like to have um, clients write a food log, but also a symptom log with it, yes. and it might have an elimination log with okay. it, you know, because again, <laughs> yeah, you got to you know, know what's I, I am happening. partial to GI because that's my background. University of Chicago working with the PGI team. Right. <laughs> but I do think, you know, what is eliminating is so important. That's kind of what's going on in our body. So yes. making sure that we're aware of that too. And especially as kids get older, a lot of times they don't want to talk about it. So it's important to key in into that as right. well. So now the parents identified there's, you know, food allergy mm-hmm. in their yeah. child or, yeah. you know, the teenagers identified or like for yeah. me, I identified that yeah. that. Uh, imported fruits, I yep. just stay away from them because mm-hmm. I've had a couple reactions now mm-hmm. to imported fruits. So I just anything from the U.S. I'll consume, and anything right. outside the states I stay away from. Right. I don't know if I have to, right. but just it's a precautionary measure for sure. me because of those right. reactions. Right, they were really scary. Yeah. Um, but what are the treatments for yeah. food allergy? So it it really d- does a kind of. It varies depending on the situation, obviously. But the the most important thing that I make sure I make clients aware of is how to make sure that we're replacing those nutrients that might be missing from the foods we need to avoid. So in a, in a situation like a milk protein intolerance or milk protein, a nine IgE mediated milk protein allergy, yes. um, it might be, you know, making sure that parents are looking at that milk replacement. So we're getting calcium and vitamin D and the essential nutrients we need from milk, especially in these growing babies that we have, right? And so, um, you know, doing a dietary assessment, like a 
a food log of sorts of what yes. what our clients are consuming, and then understanding how we need to replace it. So I think a really important strategy is to, you know, come into a registered dietitian and make sure that we're really understand explaining how to replace you know it, it seems might sound simple to just avoid milk yes. but i think the most important thing is that there's so many tricky words that are in our food products nowadays exactly. and that you know to someone who doesn't look at food labels all the time it might be kind of confusing right so making sure that we're aware of how to eliminate it on a food label um pro- uh, in introducing to um proper label reading yes. and knowing how you know what words are not don't make sense or aren't appropriate for that specific diet but then also looking for the being savvy with how to find the appropriate substitutions you know there are so especially in milk is yes. concerned there are so many milk substitutes exactly. these days which it's and, just and it's we're just experts confusing. at helping you find the best one yep. for you right right because we're well, not going to tell you to eat something that you don't right. like or that exactly. kind of thing I, so let me just say it's been wonderful talking to you, you and this time goes so fast but i want you to share with our listeners how they can reach out and sure. get a hold of you. Oh, thank you. Maybe a website sure. or something? Sure. So our website is feednutrition.com. So feed, like we're feeding ourselves. Okay. And um, our, we have an office in Lincoln Park. And so the best way really to book an appointment or to find us is through our website. So Fabulous. feednutrition.com. Well, I want to thank you, Laura, thank for you. joining me today. And thank you all for listening. Uh, we just want you to continue to listen to this podcast where we're sharing some cutting edge information. Also, like us on Facebook. And Instagram at Figure Facts LLC, all one word, and also contact our professionals that can really help you if this podcast touched you and you feel that you really need to reach out to somebody for some help and guidance. Thank you all for listening. I'm Roberta Gennaro. Have a great day and ciao, ciao for now.